What's up, everyone? My name is Christina, and I am your host here at the Fitbeat Report. Today's episode, we are going to take a look at the evolution of the fashion industry and where technology is taking it next from artificial intelligence from virtual reality dressing rooms to temperature changing smart fabrics and beyond. If this interests you, then keep on listening. What's up everyone and welcome to the Fit Mute Report podcast. I'm your host, Christina. In today's episode, we have a very special guest in the studio today. Allie Newman is here and she is with fourth wave Dow. Now, as many of you know, Dow's are becoming increasingly popular and we've been hearing this word amongst the web three space. So what is it all about? Well, we have Allie here in the studio who's going to tell us about her organization, fourth wave Dow. Hi, Allie. Welcome. Hi, Christina. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. So, Allie, tell me a little bit about Fourth Wave Dow. But before we jump into Fourth Wave Dow, how did you come up with the idea for Fourth Wave? Um, so I'll be honest, like it's still a very new project. The idea did not come to me until um, the overturning of Roe v. Wade, um, which was in June. And after that happened, I mean, I'm in Canada, but it still felt like a big punch right in the stomach, you know, because I have tons of friends and family in the USA and whatever happens there could easily happen here. Um, so yeah, I just started thinking about ways I could possibly help. Um, I wasn't really sure. And I'd always been really interested in digital autonomous organizations. Um, so yeah, when I came up with the idea to create a digital autonomous organization that could focus on linking women up with other people near them that can help them when they're trying to seek, you know, safe reproductive health services. Um, I just, I knew I had to do it with web three, you know, um, the kind of network we're building, if we were to do it on web two, it could be taken down super easily. You know, we need to be able to use like an immutable ledger so that we can create a network that doesn't go anywhere. Yeah, so for our followers and those who don't um, are too familiar with the Web3 space, let's go ahead and talk about these words, Ali. I think there's no one more perfect fit to be able to explain these for us. So explain to us a DAO. Okay, um, so I think there's been a couple different names for it throughout history so far, which is a pretty short history. Um, but the first DAO came about in, I believe, 2016, which is uh, now called MakerDAO. So DAO stands for Digital Autonomous Organization. And the concept is that basically you can have a whole group of people um, without having one person leading everyone or one centralized entity controlling everything. Um, everyone in the DAO can basically vote to decide which direction the organization moves in. Um, so. DAOs do structure themselves differently depending on, you know, who's designed them. There's been some changes and some differences in governance models. But yeah, the basic concept is you have an organization, there's no leader, you all get to decide together what your organization is going to do. So that would be my rough definition of DAO. 
Okay, that's great. So DAOs are basically an organization that's decentralized. And what does the decentralization part mean? And why is it different um, than a regular organization that is not decentralized? Um, so there's, I mean, it, it changes a lot of things, right? I think the most important thing, especially when it comes to an effort like the one we're doing where, you know, we're trying to allocate money to help people. Um, we want that to be transparent. And the reason that I think DAOs are so powerful is that everything's auditable. Like every proposal that any DAO member has ever voted on, you're going to be able to go back and look at that. Um, if people want to come and see, you know, is the money that I'm putting towards this going where, they're where they say it's going to go, then yes, we can actually show that yes, that has happened. Um, I think throughout history, there's been a lot of corruption um, especially, sadly, in um, charity organizations. And I think DAOs just kind of take that corruption possibility away. Like you just, there's not even an opportunity to introduce it. You know, the code keeps us good. <laughs> it keeps us behaving well. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. good. Um, it's tech for good um, and definitely ledgers. So tell us a little bit about the ledger part and why it keeps us, you know, uh, it keeps a DAO from becoming corrupt. How does that ledger show? For those who are not familiar with Web3 or not familiar with decentralization, and just to give more insight on that topic, what is the ledger? Um, how is it showing that a DAO is not corrupted versus an organization that doesn't get to show its ledger that is non-public from a regular organization? Yeah, of course. I mean, so all of this is possible because it's built on top of blockchains. And when you have um, a record of something, which, you know, we can keep the record on the ledger and you have that ledger decentralized, um, you basically have, you know, a bunch of different copies of what is true. Um, like in a network that's proof of work, for example, which Ethereum no longer is, it's now moved to proof of stake. But in a proof of work network, Basically, um, the truth is the hashing power. So whatever amount of machines are dedicated um, and take over that hashing power, they are the ones that get to write the block. And those blocks are then, you know, um, distributed throughout different nodes. And so, like, I believe Ethereum has about 200,000 or more different nodes. So then you have basically a copy of the same data on all these 200,000 different nodes. And if one of them is lying, we're going to know. Um, so that's the power of blockchain. You have this distributed data that no one can corrupt. And if they did, everyone would know and it would be cut out of, of the blockchain. So yeah, power of the distributed ledger. Yeah. And how is it cut out? Is it just mainly just eliminated or does someone in there go rewrite the code or what happens? Oh, I mean, when people make a block that has like a falsity in it, um, often those become orphan blocks. So they just kind of die and fall to the side. Um, the reason that the blocks um, that remain are, are the true ones is because that's the effort of the hashing power went into those blocks, which means that more than 50% of all of the nodes in that system agreed that that was the truth. Um, so yeah, anything other than that kind of just falls off and dies to the side. It's just forgotten about.
That's a great explanation, Ali. I'm so glad now that guys that you understand a little bit what a DAO is, a decentralization, autonomous organization. Um, it uses a ledger to keep everyone be, um, positive, but not only positive, but also it stops people from becoming corrupt. And that is one of the reasons why we believe DAOs are going to be here to stay. Since everything is visible on the ledger, you're able to go back and you're able to see, and it's a public record on the blockchain, whether it's Ethereum, whether it is Cardona, Solana, or even Polygon, you're still able to see what is being distributed, what is being written, and what is happening in this DAO. So Allie, your organization is a DAO and that you also have a mission with your DAO. Tell us a little bit more about your mission and what you're doing. Sure. Um, so there's kind of two parts right now. And I actually just um, made a little promo for the second part, which I haven't told you about yet. But um, so the first mission of the DAO and the reason I came up with the project was to build a decentralized network of helpers all across North America um, who can basically function as like the equivalent of the Underground Railroad, but for access to um, safe reproductive health services. Um, so what that means is that um, it's basically just a network of average people. We have a vetting process. I have a um, very experienced social worker who's leading a team um, who's bringing people on board to become a helper, just so we make sure that we have only very good, nice people and no one who's trying to come and do bad things. Um, so yeah, basically that's it. We are person by person creating this, this big network and those people let us know if they can provide food, if they could provide shelter, um, help with travel, moral support, anything like that. Um, we put them on basically this giant map we've made um, where each person is denoted by an NFT. So we're actually using NFTs as a proof of identity, which I think is very cool. Um, so yeah, that's the first part. The mission is to set up a network that will be basically the fastest way for a woman to find help when she needs it. Um, we're going to have a lot of this stuff automated and yeah, we'll be able to keep all of the helpers in the network anonymous. Um, once they pass through our vetting process, then any data we have on them that identifies them whatsoever is gone. It's wiped. And then they basically just have that NFT that shows us that we know who they are. They are who they say they are. And there's no way that someone can come in and find a vulnerability and expose or dox the helpers in our network, because that's scary. You know, We really want to make sure that these people stay safe as they're helping other women. So that's the first part. The second part is um, we're actually, as a DAO, we're going to launch an app. It's going to be a very, very easy to use um, DeFi trading app which I haven't really seen one so far. And that's why I really wanted to make one. Um, I'm kind of like right now calling it the Robin Hood of DeFi, but less evil. <laughs> so that's that's a start. Um, we're going to start with the MVP, which will focus on options trading, um, which I really love because for people that are in a volatile market, options are the best option. Actually, <laughs> you can make um, a profit no matter what's happening in the market as long as it's moving. Um, so yeah, we really want to introduce kind of like a beginner's version of options trading, but also an advanced one. And that'll be the MVP for the application. And I just love this because, you know, with Robinhood, for example, or with trying to access stock markets in general, obviously people need a bank account. 
Um, so with this DeFi application, hopefully we'll be able to tap into the like 1.7 billion people who don't have bank accounts, but do have cell phones, um, give them a chance to turn a little bit of profit on, you know, a little bit of money, which for me was really important. Like I, for the last 10 years before the pandemic, I was a musician and an event host. So I was living as an artist and I didn't have very much money at all. And when I started working in tech, that was the first time I was like, oh, wow, maybe I could afford a house someday or something like that. Um, but then I started learning about inflation <laughs> and all of these other things. And I was like, oh, my God, it's actually really hard to save money. And then I went down the rabbit hole of learning the entire history of the stock market and the U.S. dollar. But long story short, I want to make this app that will help people who are you know, under a certain income level be able to turn a profit if they want to instead of it being you know, this gate kept thing um, that you have to have like, you know, $500 in order to even like start a position. So yeah, that's the second mission, super accessible DeFi mobile app. And it's going to be run by the DAO. So anyone that's a member of the DAO can propose stuff for the app and vote on the direction it takes and will be an owner of that altogether. So yeah. This is awesome. So that's, that's another part of the DAO. But the main part of the DAO is for women who are, um, tell us a little bit more about these women and the mission behind the women you are helping with your DAO. Um, sure. So, I mean, I guess the history of this network actually starts on Reddit. Um, so in 2019, I believe the subreddit um, Auntie Network was created. Um, there's one for Canada as well now. I kind of just discovered those networks um, well back in June when I was trying to figure out how I could help anyone. Um, so yeah, these networks have existed for a little while. People basically go on and say what they can offer and um, women who need help come to those subreddits and get paired up with someone. But yeah, there's been a lot of um, sketchy behavior so far and it's not been super safe. So we wanted to create a version of this network that is safe and we actually like that's why we're building the mobile app as well as it'll give us a mechanism to give um, funding to the helpers in the network. You know, we can reimburse them for any of the costs they incur. Um, so, yeah, right now, obviously, there are a lot of states where abortion has become illegal or very challenging to access. And so the idea will be that a woman who feels really trapped and like she can't access the medical procedure that she needs to, that is possibly life saving. Um, she can reach out to the DAO and we'll just look on our map and we'll be able to pair her with someone um, right away, depending on what she needs or where she's trying to go. Like maybe we have someone that's trying to get to Canada and they could stop in like two different cities on their way to get here. Um, we'll be able to help with that. Um, and then I am in Canada myself, but I even saw quite a few examples of why we need this network here, like over the last month, like, I saw a young woman who recently immigrated here from another country, and she was not at all sure how to access anything medical within Canada. Um, I actually come from a, a bit of a religious um, Bible belty area in the prairies in Canada. And I mean, I think about women stuck in those extreme religious communities who also need a support network. Um, and then, of course, you know, we're Canada and there's all these little small towns that are like, 10 hours drive from anything. Um, and there's people there in those small towns that might also need access. So the idea now is to focus on North America and especially on helping American women 
but we do want to spread this globally eventually because this type of network could be helpful in so many different countries, you know? Um, and we never know when laws are gonna change here. We just don't know. We almost had abortion rights taken away in Canada back in 2008, and it barely made the news. Like no one ever even heard about it, but that almost happened. And yeah, I think it would be naive to assume that it can't happen everywhere. Yeah, definitely it can happen everywhere. And that's just one side of the women that you help. And so for the other side, DeFi. DeFi is uh, another term um, for the listeners who are not listening. DeFi, can you explain to us what DeFi is? Yeah, of course. Um, my favorite. Um, DeFi is short for decentralized finance. And it, it's funny, I didn't really ever have an interest in the stock market until I heard about decentralized finance. So I kind of had to go backwards and learn about how the stock market was working to understand it properly. Um, but yeah, it's basically, there's similar um, concepts to things that are already going on in the stock market in terms of like lending and borrowing and options trading and derivatives is a, a new one um, that's really taking off in the space. Um, so yeah, it's basically all of these financial tools um, that previously people had a lot of barriers trying to access. Now it's easy anyone can basically access these um, decentralized finance protocols. But that's the problem is that it's actually really complicated. You know, um, that's the goal with our mobile app is to make it easy. Um, I think that there's a lot of barriers to DeFi right now. It can be really intimidating and it's so powerful and so useful. I just want to make it really easy to use. That's amazing. And guys, for you to know that Adele is actually creating that side so that its users can also be able to learn about decentralized finances, but also to you're going to make it where it, they can also trade. Is that right? Exactly. Like I really want to take um, like I said before, we're going to start with options trading. I want to make a beginner version and an, and an advanced version for people who already know about options trading, but like a beginner version, it could look as simple as like, you know, a question like, do you think ETH, the price of ETH will go up or down today? And you click on the one that you think, you know, like that technically is options trading um, under the hood. So what we can do is just really simplify um, these little powerful ways to make money off of your money, you know? Um, which is the goal these days with inflation going up so fast. We got to right. try to keep up somehow. Yeah. This is really neat. So trading on your app and on that side, that's going to be the app. Is it also going to be um, something that a, the down members will be downloading or is that completely separate? It's separate. I mean, it's totally optional for the down members. Um, the only requirement for down members, if they want to vote is to uh, purchase our governance token, which will be quite cheap to start for sure. Um, but yeah, they do not have to use the app whatsoever. But since they have part of our governance token, like they will be owning part of the app. And so they can vote and decide what it does, even if they don't want to use it. You know, they can be like, I'd rather this button be red, even if I never use this app. And I'm excited to see how that turns out. I've never seen like an app built collectively by this many people, but I think it's going to be really cool. Yeah, and it's also neat to know that as you're building this out, people can join your DAO. And is there right now people can join? Um, so right now I have um, like early member access forms on our website. So I'm just kind of like starting to build that up. 
I kind of like was doing all of this by myself and my focus is really coding. And so it's been a challenge to try to start to build out the community side of things. Um, so I'm taking in applications right now and then, yeah, I really need to track down someone that can help with uh, Discord and stuff like that. Cause this is something that I never really used a lot, honestly, in the past. And yeah, we need to start building the community. Right now we're mostly just talking on Telegram, which is fine. Um, but yeah, the token launch, I think we're still a few months away. Um, we're going to be doing a, it's called an IDO, uh, initial DEX launch. So we'll be launching it at a decentralized exchange. Um, and I'm really hoping that we're about three months away from that. So yeah, once that happens, then it's the official DAO membership. But for now, um, we're just like kind of onboarding people through a forum until, until the launch. In what decentralized exchange will it be? Um, there's a few on Polygon. Let me just see. I haven't actually written down exactly what one we're going to go with. I think that we want to do one on Polygon and one on Ethereum, but I also worry about liquidity with that. Um, what's the one I wrote down here? Sorry, totally forgot. And so that people can understand that these exchanges are necessary for you to be able to um, take in your gains and be able to exchange them for actual fiat. And so by you joining this exchange that you're joining with, it's going to make that process a lot more easier. Is that right? Exactly, exactly. Um, and I believe Uniswap is the one that we're going with first. Um, so basically, people will be able to go on there, um, purchase the governance token. We're only going to be, um, I think, releasing about 10% at the beginning. That's it. We have to put all these things in place so that a big whale doesn't come and buy everything and try to try to change our ideas. So yeah, we're starting with about 10% of the token coming out. And that will be on Uniswap. And this unit, and so this token is going to be the first um, access into the DAO and part being part owner of the app. Is that right? Exactly. Exactly. Okay. This yeah. is good. This is and good. we will like. This is more probably. I'm thinking of like early summer, maybe late spring. We'll be introducing um, staking with a rewards mechanism for the DAO as well. All right, so you guys will be able to learn about more of Fourth Wave DAO. So tell us, Allie, what is something inspirational or something that you've learned along this journey that you can leave with our listeners about your DAO and your mission? I've learned so many things. That's really hard. I think, I think my favorite thing so far that I've learned in Web3, because um, I'm coming from a Web2 background, is just that it does not feel like a zero sum game at all. Like everyone is collaborating. Everyone's working together. You know, like we're all just trying to make a really solid um, ecosystem. And it just, I don't know, it feels completely different than the competitive nature of Web2. So yeah, I think learning that Web3 is just a really collaborative and open-minded and accepting place. Um, that was something I didn't know. And it's been really nice. That's amazing. And we're so glad that you came to join us. Tell us, Allie, where can our listeners find and sign up for early access? Yes. Um, you can go to fourthwavedow.ca 
And on the home page there, you're going to see it's like the second thing is like, fill out this form for early access. So yeah, you'll see it. I promise. <laughs> awesome. Amazing. Well, guys, you heard it here. You can check her out at fourthwavedoubt.ca. Thank you so much, Allie, for tuning in to today's episode. And thank you so much, Allie, for being a guest on today's episode. Um, guys, I want to just thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode and lending me your ears. As always, peace and love. Bye. Bye.